0: Hi, it's um, Monday afternoon, I guess, and um, I want to say a few words um, about an idea struck me about the parsha. Well, I haven't totally worked this out yet, but I'm not going to wait till Friday till I have it worked out in my own head. I'll throw it out there, and you can think what you want of it. One of the reasons I'm doing it today is because um, my good friend now in uh, Lakewood Abe Gluck, the Gluck Plumbing, is sponsoring this. I have a shortage of sponsors this week. Uh, And I hope some of the people that I met in New York, in the five towns, all that, will be uh, encouraged and inspired to also join the uh, ranks of the sponsors, so I can do this and spend my time um, on, on, um, what shall I say, Zahlecha Matters. Anyway, so I do thank Glock Plumbing, and now let me tell you what I was thinking about this week's passion. This is an idea that's rolling in my mind, and um, here we go. What exactly happened? It doesn't. It, if you think about it closely, how did the Jews get enslaved? Um, I know the Medrashim and Rashi and all that sort of thing. Let's move out of that. Um, what exactly is the reason that the Jews, uh, what shall I say, um, you know, ticked off the Egyptians? You could say there was a new king that knew not Joseph, and therefore he did, you know, ingrati- ingratitude. I get that, but it's a Excuse me. As I mentioned before, if you look closely, um, in last week's in in Vaigash, it already starts to say over here um, uh, at the end uh, something like Vaesha uh, Yisrael bears and bears Goshen Va'yochzuba Va'yubu Mode. I believe that's how it goes. Va'yochzuba Va'yochzuba means, of course, that they um, settled in it. No, it means that they got karka. In other words the jews the real estate um, i'm thinking about this because everybody who thinks about the parsha i shouldn't say that but there are many people who think about the parsha in light of contemporary uh, experiences it doesn't mean it's identical to what happened three thousand years ago however it may be um perhaps viewing current events and trends may give an insight to the dynamics that uh you know ran the event of long ago and we're now living in a time when uh from people buying up all the real estate that's what i'm talking about you think of jackson Towns river in baltimore you have it elsewhere in five towns it become a, a a yiddish thing and it can make a lot of people angry and um on the other hand it's legal so in other words to be a real estate guy and just buy up everything, which I see happening so often with shoals and else elsewhere, um, you kind of need the law on your side, otherwise it doesn't work. Um, it's just interesting that way. Uh, you know, when it comes to Metaltelin, a person may theoretically be able to just steal things or, or do underhanded, uh, you know, uh, uh, tricks, and then physically get a hold of the the, the the jewelry the 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 leather the items whatever it is that you, whatever your commodity you're talking about you know what I mean uh, I could steal stuff at the docks I mean I don't know you know things like that but when it comes to real estate nothing works unless the law is on your side that's why anybody involved in real estate got to have the lawyers and the accountants or you want to do a deal as they say but the deal has to be able to pass legal muster otherwise it, it, all the efforts you put in on bribing this person and making this happen and buying this one off all the rest of them is uh, valueless because the courts will say you don't own the land, you don't own the property. It's interesting in that way. Now, um, so in other words, to be successful in real estate, especially especially to be monopolistic and exploitative in real estate, you you have to learn the ropes of the system and then you have to be able to to manipulate it, Uh, which (laughs) which seems to be a Yiddish thing. Because you find down in Jewish history that in many countries in the old days you know, they say, Okay, the Jews can move in here but they can't buy real estate. Uh we usually portray this as a as an uh, anti-Semitic measure, which it was. On the other hand, a heard of art. So when you go back to, you know, Europe in many countries, and especially in the Catholic year, Middle Ages and and the afterwards, there were places in which there certainly were... Um, what do you call it? There certainly were um, you know, all these laws which are very interesting, which have in mind the Jews cannot buy real estate. Uh you can live in a in a ghetto, uh you can engage in all the business you want. Um you become a millionaire through, you know, commodities and metalan and things like that, but land they wouldn't let you get. And uh it's interesting because they're afraid, and I mean this, I'm serious. They're afraid. If you unleash the Jews on the real estate market, they'll buy up everything sooner or later. And then we won't own the country, they'll own the country. Um, this really motivated a lot of European, um, what do you call it, uh, rulers, kings and things like that, nobles down the ages. I mean, that's an interesting aspect of Jewish history that perhaps is not discussed so often. And it's as old as time. And you see where the market is open, it can be cornered. And that's what's happening a lot of places right now, as we know. Um, and it can provoke a lot of sin through Israel, but nobody gives a darn. And so I'm suffering because some other guys, you know, uh, forcing people out of their houses through, uh, you know, shrewd maneuverings. And then I'm thinking, now we're in Shmos. Par- <laughs> See where I'm going with this? And so, it seems to me that... The Jews come to Egypt. Yaakov said, just stay in Goshen and be shepherds. Uh, a shepherd is a shot. You don't own land. There's a whole speech of Yonis Abishutz in the Yarist Tavash that I've, I'm sure I said over in this podcast one time or another. That's his famous interpretation. This is Abishutz talking about. That's his famous interpretation of the holiday of Sukkot. In which the holiday of Sukkot is to take out of your dearest uh, uh, Kevah which means get out of the real estate business. That's more or less what he says. Uh because when, if you're stuck with if, if you get a lot of real estate, um you own land and houses and this and that and the other, it owns you. You don't own it. You can't walk away from it. And that's the classic model that people could have escaped from Hitler, but how could they give up everything that they had? It wasn't a Vartan Metalland, it was in Tarka. And uh you get materialistic in the sense that you know you get you, you, get it? Which is, as I mentioned, I think last week or whatever, uh, it's a nifal. Va'yachzubah means they grabbed the land. Notice they had a truly achuzas kevri machem. The word achuz means a cargo means land. Va'yachzubah means they got achas, they got seized by the land, which means you know I bought it as a business zach, Next thing I know, the land owns me. In in two uh, uh, mashmos, two meanings of that term, that the land owns me, economically and culturally. Economically, I got like really into this land and developing it and all the rest of it, and I couldn't walk away from it. Whereas really the B'nai Yaka were supposed to be ready to walk away at any minute from it. That's the theory. Lagur banu, ki mira la We're only here lagur ba'arz. But it didn't turn out to be like that. you know, all these famous homilies that we recite at the Passover Seder, which of course are from the Sifri uh, from the Sefri, uh, yeah, the Sefri over there in Dwarm. That whole Passover Seder is you know, sounds like everybody was married, Mary had a little lamb, and the lamb was white as snow, you know. Oh, we just came to Egypt and then we got taken advantage of and this, that and the other. But it's not true. As we know the story. They said Lagorbard's bundle. And it was supposedly Stakeesham. But next thing you know it was Vayaxub. And they said, Once I'm already here, and my father and I have put together a situation where we own a, a significant amount of important real estate in Cairo or Alexandria or whatever it was at that time, Memphis. And no, um, we're not leaving. You know, what I mean? we're not leaving. And these are probably the guys that were the eighty percent who perished. You know, who didn't leave Egypt. Khamusham always many so many years from trying. You know. How can I walk away from this? <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm going to come to... You know saying. Listen closely. Let's say I'm making this up. Let's say I'm from a tribe of Frey or Menashe or something like that. So, <clears throat> but I'm here in Egypt. Because I'm good at business, so I've become a real estate tycoon here in Egypt. And I own a veld of karka. And houses and rentals and this and that and the other. And now you, Moses, are telling me I should leave and go to a land flowing with milk and honey. And what am I going to end up over there? I'm going to end up with four feet by eight feet. You understand? In other words, I'm in the tribe of Ephraim. The tribe of Ephraim has so and so many people. You know what I mean, right? I'm so and so many people. I'll, I'll just make a number up. I don't, I don't remember how many, 30,000. That means this territory of Ephraim. That um, is going to be ass- assigned to the Efrayim as part of their nachla once they get to Eretz In the time of Yahushua it's going to be parcelled out thirty thousand ways or whatever. I'm gonna give a stickle karki and a little small piece of whatever land, and that's all I got. So why is that attractive to me? Here I'm in Egypt, and me and my father, we came in in the time of Joseph and the brothers, and we've you know, and we're just we work hard and we're good at what we do. And we bought up territory bigger than the whole tribe of Ephraim. And now I should give it up to go to a land flowing with milk and honey, you say? To have, you know, a, a land which is uh, It's not going to be as fertile and good land as Egypt, but it's going to be You're going to depend on rain? Me. I mean, what's the attraction to me? Oh, you know, the attraction is Ruchni is Well, that that appeals to certain types, <laughs> but the type of guy I'm 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 talking about, who's a good in the real estate business, the realty company, uh, chances are he's going to say like this, you know, the Ruchnis I'm sending my cousin, you know, the guy who's in the Kolo he could go and represent the family. I'm staying here in Egypt. Only twenty percent, you know, left. The other eighty percent did very well. Or it could be, you know, are doing very well in the Karka. Now, the reason I keep emphasizing the Karka is because of Ayaksuba, the land was over them. And incidentally, another aspect is not only the economic side, you get stuck because you own so much land here. But in addition to that, um, once you have all this land, you are dealing with the Gaim all the time, uh become assimilated. Uh, because it says part of Aishir Timole Arts Osama and Art Parsha. And um Taka says in the Medrish that they give up circumcision. And they departed. It's a they're supposed to be in Goshen, but part of Aishir mo means now I'm not talking like Rashi. It means that uh, you know they spread all over the country. And they bought up every piece of real estate. The next thing you know, the Egyptians say, What the heck's going on over here? It's our country. And everything is known by a guy named Schwartz, Friedman, and Finkelstein. Like, what is this? They said, What what what's going on? And Pharaoh, you know, was simply reflecting popular sentiment where he said, We gotta do something about this. Okay? Now, I want to tell you something. This is exactly what I was thinking. Just for my own idea, I said, let me look around on the summit of my I didn't think anybody's gonna say because it, it sounds like a modern type of work that I'm thinking. It just struck me. To my surprise, I saw the Nitziv. Taka says things really along those lines. Right? Um, Because, as I mentioned last year and I mention every year, you have this very funny language, Vatimoleha Arts Osam, which is a violation of Hebrew grammar. It should be Vatimoleha arts Mayhem or something like that. Uh, I don't want to hazer over. I did it last year. (coughs) You can listen to it last year. Osam is like, you know, an object, direct object. You can't see... You could say "vatimaleha osam," and then be a Bible critic and say that the kudus are wrong. But if you go with what we have, means the land was filled osam, them. That's that's a nonsensical in Hebrew grammar, unless it's coming to tell you something. Um, and anyway, I'll read you this passage I just pulled down, Mamish a minute ago, from the uh, where he said Batimile's Osam, Mahemi boy. It should be Batimulai's Mehem. That's why I said, I will shum mikrosam belamid the low cars gosh and bilvad, mucharismalayim israelvad. But 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 the rather than it seems suggests, that when it says batimilaritsam, it doesn't mean uh stam, but it's telling you an interesting story that they moved out of the Jewish area. They didn't stay in Bar Park, you understand? They didn't stay in Flatbush. Instead, they moved to this place, to that place, to that, you know, and started taking over Ashkunam as they say in Israel. So the Low beards Goshen O Israel Levad, that the Jews didn't simply fill up the, the the neighborhood that they were assigned by Joseph and Pharaoh, which was the land of Goshen. We moved out in the Goyish neighborhoods. So I tell you the truth, I'm not crazy about that shot from the word point of view of some, but I, but I do hold from that shot. No, I think that's what happened at least this year. I think that's what happened. Well, Mashmosh, some would be Imam. So but Timolars Imam. I don't know. For how you call so listen this, is amazing. This is like uh, this is like uh, you know Lakewood or something like that. You know, with the, all the things that with the jacks on the top of there. Listen to this. How you call Any piece of real estate that was open, you know, uh the Jews bought it up and they moved in. Again, call I mean, what does that sound like to you? Okay. And then it says, "That's why you needed by when when Pesach happened, and the Malchamov said to jump over the houses." Because <laughs> there are a lot of Jews that had moved into Egyptian neighborhoods because they bought up the land. You know what I mean? They 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 went to the guy with a wad of bills. The guy couldn't turn it down. Okay, and I. Even though Pharaoh tried to crush them, because you see the Jewish uh, houses and stuff in the, in the Goyish neighborhood still remain. Notice it's not so simple as we often think of it simply that all the Jews were reduced to crushing slavery. It's a more complex story than that. I don't know if we'll ever know exactly what the Matzav was. We all are used to thinking that all the Jews were working in the slave pits and the, you know the salt mines and so forth and so on but it wasn't exactly like that some were, but others weren't okay and again this is an talking. talk it's you know, exactly what it occurred to me he's trying to tell you over here the source of the anti-Semitism and why is it that they, that they suspected things against the Jews that the Jews didn't plant, in other words, to adjoin the enemies, all the rest of it. Then it of course, gives a very firm interpretation, naturally. And he says they didn't listen to the policy of Yaakov, which was stay in Bar Park, stay in Lakewood. You see, stay in Muncie. <laughs> the reason he said stay in Bar Park was stay in the Jewish neighborhood. And don't move in a Glacier neighborhood to learn from them. Now, what that required was for them to say like this, I'll live in a nice place in Bar Park. Of course, I won't have the big backyard and the swimming pool and the guns and other business. That I got to move out to this place and that place. They wanted the swimming pool, see? Okay. And Shemos Rabbah, Paschul and that's why they stopped circumcising when they moved to the suburbs. Mizatam, Niyakimitzrayim, Dachshak, Kovu, Diyrosa, Mekirbam. Lots of to stuff this and once they moved to guy' neighborhood, they didn't want to stand out and little by little you know what I mean, they wanted to 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 move that way, so um see, was thinking the same way I was so now this is a natural thing that Jews have to stick for the real estate, and uh it didn't only happen in America, it happened in other countries also and believe you me, if you know your history, it's not so popular to say it as Jews got their civil rights, you know I would say. In the 18, you know, by 1870, the Jewish civil rights, there were a lot of, you know, situations in which Jewish guys cornered the real estate and all the rest. Of it. Um, I'm talking about Hungary, Romania, Poland, these places, Germany, and it caused a lot of sentences throughout. It just did. That's the way it goes. You understand? Take away people's house, take away their land. They, they don't like it. Now, I'll repeat the interesting thing is. That to make this work, you have to know the system and master the system and then use the system. If I'm in Egypt, I'm using Egyptian law. Otherwise, the the, the real estate deals don't go through. If I'm in Germany, I'm using the German law. If I'm in Hungary, I'm using the Hungarian law, and so forth. Now, this, this is the meaning where it says, So the Jews now have no one holding them back from buying everything in sight and they did that's the meaning of par- mm-hmm. they burst out of there and bought everything in sight I'm sure to people I don't want to be too impolitic over here to to guys living in certain neighborhoods you know now they're saying now now when the original pharaoh was alive he didn't interfere First of all, "mimenu" means from our land, and second of all, stronger than us. In other words, they're, they're owning everything. They're owning more than we own. Now listen very closely. Pharaoh uh, didn't say kill him. It's very interesting. He says They're using the law against us. They're using our own laws against us. We have to come up with a counter-strategy. Nishakmolo is a very interesting verb, right? He didn't say, let's kill him, let's shoot him, let's enslave them. Doesn't say anywhere. I don't know if you noticed this or not. Doesn't say anywhere that Pharaoh said, let us enslave them. That's usually the way we would tell the story over at the Seder, right? Pharaoh said, oh, uh, the Jews are getting too big, too many, numerous. Therefore, let's enslave them. Doesn't say those words. It says, we have to come up with a chachma. So they'll join the enemy like a fifth column. arts. Now, how do you translate those words? arts. So we are all famous from Rashi. You know what I mean? And Rashi gets from the Medrash, and Medrash says nohar, which is that you know they'll fight us and they'll run away from the country. You know they'll they'll, they'll, they'll run away from the country. Doesn't mean they'll run away from the country, but the opposite, right? In other words, you know, uh that they the, they'll kick us out. You know, he didn't want to say for Ayan Hararashi, you see, you know, so it's in arts. We'll have to get out of here. That's a famous Chazal. But the plain meaning doesn't say that. Plain meaning is weird. But nil combuna arts. The reason that Medric is there because the plain meaning doesn't make any sense. What do you mean by Arts? If they leave the country, it'd be good. I think you can translate it, and again, I was happy that after I, you know, thought this way. Then I saw the B'chor Shortaka says it. All the men are means they'll get stronger from us f- from the real estate. You understand? All the men are Allah, they get pa- nilchambonu. So those will have an, an, an economic war for Allah Min and they'll be stronger than us because of the real estate that they own. And therefore, what did he do? How did he do this? He didn't want to, you know, shred all the laws. And so, what do you do? So, it's very interesting to me. He said, We need a countervailing strategy to deal with this, to take the land back from them or something. And so, again, you we usually translate this as. As officers of the taxes, um, but what does that mean? Lamanon asibasiblo some. Usually, the actual way it translated is taskmasters, right? Isn't that what we learned? Because it can't just be taxes. Why would that involve building treasure cities of Pharaoh? Must be that the mas doesn't mean just a tax, but it means like special tasks. No, doesn't have to mean that. You can say, I oh, guess, let's hit them with special taxes. If whoever knows, let's jack up the real estate taxes or things like that, you know, um, as governments can do. And uh, maybe we can get it back from them. Now, I don't, haven't figured it out yet. That's why I told you it'll take me till Friday to figure out why it's safe. I even already misconnacified as a piece of Ms. Ramsay's. Unless it means that they they built these cities with the idea of taking the money away and storing it there from the Jews. I don't know, I'm not sure about that yet. Because I want you to be clear, it doesn't say specifically or exactly that the Jews um, were the ones that were compelled to build these cities. I know the Chazal say that. I'm saying, I'm saying but if you read the Pusset, doesn't say that. It's, a, it's very enigmatic. We're all used to the way we always learned it. I'm just trying to show you that if you read it straight, it's, it suggests other things. Now, whatever their legal strategy was, it didn't work, as is often the case, you know, a lot of these neighbors, all the rest of it, try to, 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 uh, to beat them at the law, and the Jewish guy says, I got a better lawyer, you know, and I'll fight it, uh, I tried to keep these guys out of my neighborhood, but it didn't work, which is very interesting, they got, so they got disgusted, no, let's put it this way, they really got very heavily anti-Semitic, I, You know, I hear it. You can't blame them. It's not me that says you can't blame them. The Chumash says you can't blame them, because it says like this, I mean, that's what those words mean, at least to me. You know what I'm saying? That's in the Chumash. You can't have despised in rhyme. And what does that mean? And, and and you shouldn't have taken all their land away. And you take them off. So finally when all the legal things don't work, then they enslaved him. In other words, only when you get to Pasuk Gimel does it actually say the words that you and I take for granted usually at the Pesach Seder. We imagine it's back in Pasuk, I don't know, Ches or something like that. Vayavidu, that they actually made him Evel, and beperich doesn't come till a later stage in the process. And so you see, this was a society trying to figure out through legal ways you know, what to do about it and when they and when the legalities didn't work because the Jews could out-legal them then they just did the heck with it and they enslaved them and then they let them have it because by that time the feelings were white-hot against the Jews this is what Yaakov foresaw this is what Yosef foresaw as I just pointed out to you the deceive himself also says those exact words okay and he said, you know, it's like Theodore Herzl, we're, we're going to cause all, all, all the hatred against us. And that's why Yaakov and Yosef said, stick in Goshen and stick in this neighborhood. And you don't have to go to South Egypt and buy up all the land because you saw a great deal or something like that. Or corn in the market on the on the grain this year because you saw a Gvaldik opportunity. Don't do that because it's not your country. See, it's not your country. This is what the morale and the others say, that things ain't normal if you're not in Israel. That's a basic Yisod in Kabbalah and the Maral. It's not normal if you're not in Eretz Israel. So if it's not normal, you have to live a not normal way. Going and, and, and buying up all the real estate and buying up all the things to the point that you own everything and they own nothing is just crazy. It doesn't work. It, it, it's the paradox of uh, capitalism. You know, uh, if I'm cleverer than you and I buy up everything in sight and I end up with a zillion dollars, you end up with nothing, I'm the hamoon Am, then you want to kill me because the system isn't working. There's something wrong with a system where the Hamun doesn't have anything and one or two people have everything. They don't have anything. Um, and then it's ironic, because the whole reason for buying up everything was to better your situation economically. But the result is it provokes a revolution or something like this, and everybody gets killed and destroyed. It was counterproductive. You would have been better in the first place, not going down that route. That's the kind of wisdom that Shlomo Hamelik talks about in Koheles. It's not so it. You see, it's a different type of wisdom than becoming rich. Becoming rich is one kind of wisdom. The kind of wisdom I'm talking about, which is to see a little bit past that, that's the uh, Shlomo mel stuff. Uh, that's the Shlomo mel stuff. And we've seen this happen again and again in Jewish history. That's what I'm saying. It's momish a pattern. That's ridiculous. That's why I'm always scared. And a lot of friends of mine are scared. When you survey the current Masav, I won't go into more detail than that. Um, not on a podcast, but uh, it's it, it's quite remarkable what they're, what they're laying over here. You see him? Because by the time uh, this proceeds, uh, they want let's put it this way, Vayamra and and Sramlami Yaldos killed the babies. You get it? So, I mean, it really moved far. It moved far. Now, uh, I know the end of the story, and uh, as we all do, and Moshe Rabbeinu, and so on and so forth, but the, I, I simply am arguing over here, like I say, I don't have it totally down, but you hear the basic thesis, which I believe is correct, uh, at least this here, and I think if you, or uh, my if you examine the story, talk about the first part of the Parsha uh, Brasius. Uh, I'm sorry, first part of Pasha Shmos. You know, with a, with a uh, correct eye. And uh, you think of a contemporary uh, situation as well, and you see the process that unfolds, then it's a very, very interesting story, a little bit scary. I didn't look at the barbinole. I remember from memory that the barbinole talks about things happening in, in stages. You know, and maybe in the barbinole Haggadah or something like that happens in stages. But um, what do you call it? It's, you know, um, maybe he expati- expands on what I'm talking about. But I don't think you have to go into a barbinole. And I was going to do this without I that also, except I was glad to see the Natsip made the same point. If I can use that terminology. So uh, we have a very sobering kind of story over here. The only problem is the kind of wisdom uh, that we're talking about is, like I said, only in Kohelis. You don't see it too many the, the, the acquisitive wisdom, which is a different type of smarts, is not identical with the wisdom that I'm talking about over here. Um, so it's a it's 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 a, the acquisitive wisdom as a golden calf. You, know, saying those, you, you, you do whatever it takes to, to catch the golden calf. Um, anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you once again. I want to thank Igloff uh, for, uh, for uh, sponsoring, and I hope we'll get a sponsor for the Haftorah this week and for next week. And with that, I wish you a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at. WWW